Hey, what is up, everybody? This is Hunter Williams. Today is episode 16 of the Weapons of High Performance podcast. And today, <clears throat> I'm going to be doing something that's a little bit different than some of the past episodes. What I want to talk about is seven books that I've read that have absolutely changed my life. And changed my life for the better, but also just shaped my worldview and what's cool about these books is they've helped me piece together things in a way, and they all, in a weird way, kind of tie into each other. And maybe that's just because of how my life has played out and everything. But anyway, there are seven books that are really powerful to me, ones that I always draw back principles from, and things that I will go to to look at and <clears throat> extract knowledge, wisdom, whatever you want to call it from, to help me in my life. So before we get into that, remember, as always, if you leave a cool comment on the YouTube video or leave a review on iTunes and sign up for my email newsletter, you'll be eligible for a $100 Amazon gift card that I give away every single Friday. So check that out. Leave a comment. And also, the reason I do that is because I want feedback from what I'm discussing in these. And I want to make sure that whoever is listening to this, that it actually is helping and you're getting something out of it. So I can get feedback and then implement that feedback so that these podcasts are the best and help change your life. Like I know, so many of the things that I listen to, read, and study have done for mine. Anyway jumping on into it. So I don't know how long this is going to go. I'm just going to wrap from the top of my head of what I think of these. But to start off, seven books that have changed my life. Number one is going to be Principles by Ray Dalio. And if you're in the business world or familiar with anything, you've probably heard of Ray Dalio. But Ray Dalio is the founder of Bridgewater Associates, which is the largest hedge fund money manager in the modern era and I actually was familiar with him because when I used to work in finance one of the places that I worked we I worked in an endowment fund and we were invest they had money invested into Bridgewater so I got to study some of their stuff that's where I came along him first and I know he's in the hedge fund world he's the big top dog but anyway he wrote a book called principles that isn't so much about the investing side of things it's more about his life and work principles and how he structured his life in a way that's allowed him to have success. And the most important thing, the book is phenomenal just to begin with, not necessarily so much from a business perspective, it is, but what you take from it just as a life and understanding that work, life, personal life, all that is actually all the same. And the same principles that apply in your personal life, relationships, all that good stuff are still going to apply into regular life as well. And it all kind of builds into the same person as you. But I think the biggest thing, there's a bunch of different principles that he walks through and kind of explains what he's taken from the world. But one of the biggest things that I got, and there's a diagram of this that he talks about in a lot of his talks. But one of the biggest things I got was the idea of having audacious goals and then 
working to achieve those audacious goals, getting feedback, which is usually going to be negative from trying to achieve those audacious goals, and then taking the feedback and then implementing in order to achieve those goals in a better manner. And that sounds pretty simple, but it's actually something that's really hard to do in the real world, which is to have goals that are beyond what a lot of people will expect out of you or even you expect out of yourself, set out to achieve those, have to go through the trouble of not achieving them right away because you're always going to struggle through something, and then take what you learn from that struggle and then implement it into something that is is a better version of what you were doing before. So I think that's the biggest takeaway that I got from that is to have audacious goals and then to take the feedback that you learned from the, take the feedback that you learned from trying to achieve those goals and use that to your advantage and grow. I'm trying to think of the word for word verbatim what he says, but I think it goes pain plus reflection equals progress. That's it. Pain plus reflection equals progress. So if you're willing to go through pain that a lot of other people aren't willing to do, and then you can step back and detach your personal ego from the pain that you're experiencing in the pursuit of whatever goal that you have, reflect on that and take lessons from it, and then codify those lessons into something that you can adapt into how you go about setting out to achieve your goal and then implement implement that in a new fashion that is what progress is pain plus reflection equals progress so that's another thing that i always think about that when things are getting tough and you're going through a tough time to understand that if you can take that and then reflect on that and understand that all humans have emotions that everybody at some point in the world has probably gone through what you've gone through and somebody in the future will go through what you've gone through. If you can understand that, step back and reflect on it, that's the definition of progress. And another thing that he has a lot of great information in his book, but another thing is what he, he talks about struggling well. So the biggest thing we can have in our society to allow for people to be successful is the ability to struggle well. So to have struggle in their life but not so much struggle that it completely bogs you down from achieving a goal. Goal achievement is the process of going through struggle and getting a little bit better every single time through whatever it is you're doing. So Principles, amazing book. I can't recommend it enough. And I think if there was, these are going to be, this podcast is about the seven books that have changed my life. But in terms of just world out view, Outlook, perspective, and everything, principles, hands down, one of the best. The next one I want to talk about, and I read this pretty recently. I think it came out late, mid to late 2019, is a book called Ultra Learning by a guy named Scott Young. This is pretty fascinating. So this guy, I believe his, his name should be Scott Young. This guy actually completed the MIT undergraduate computer science program online in, I believe it was one year. So the hardest computer science degree in the world that anybody can accomplish, which is through MIT, he actually 
took all the classes online and accomplished it in a year. And so when I was looking for books to read, I came across this and I was like, man, I got to read this and understand how this guy's learning. But what, what this guy's doing to achieve this, but basically this book is a breakdown of the process of learning. And then also it's more just, there's a lot of case studies and examples in there of what it looks like when you become singularly focused on achieving one thing. And I think a lot of times in our society, especially people who are brought up through the education system in college, is that there's this time frame and pace that you're supposed to go on throughout your life that you work on and everybody's kind of on the same climbing the rungs of a ladder. And he kind of flips that notion on its head in this book and really helps talk about what you can accomplish in a short amount of time. So it's really, it's not so much, it's more of a, a scientific approach. It's not really like a rah-rah kind of, hey, you can do things. It's But it's really cool to examine that when you become singularly focused on one thing, the speed at which humans are actually capable of learning is so much more than people actually expect from yourself. So for me, it was more of a paradigm shift of understanding how fast you can achieve things if you absolutely set your mind to it and then remove all the clutter that goes on. I mean, for instance, this guy, he was not some super IQ genius. He went to a small state college and when he got out, he wished that he had done more to learn about computer science. So he undertook the task of trying to complete the hardest computer science degree in one year. I think there's another case study of a guy in there who become, became one of the world champion Toastmasters, which is a competition for public speaking in under a year because of his dedication and practice. So it's, if anything, this there's definitely stuff to take away from a practical standpoint of the speed of what you can implement and learn. But if anything, it's just a reminder of what the human brain and body is actually capable of when you become laser focused on one thing. And it's really more about that, how to become laser focused. Moving along, book number three that I definitely think has been one of the, when I look back at a lot of the books that I read, just because I'm a fanatical reader slash audiobook listener, is a book called The Science of Selling by a guy named David Hoffeld. And it's pretty interesting. I came across this guy. I was listening to him on a podcast and I was like, wow, this guy's talking about cool stuff and doing a sales job. I kind of try to approach my sales job as more from a scientific data-driven perspective rather than I think a lot of people do sales because they think they're good at talking to people and so they're cowboys and you know are doing things because they're because of their own talent when it's not just how the world works. But anyway, the science of selling so it's a pretty in-depth book that just goes into sales science, why people buy things, how to how to help help them through that process as a salesperson, how to approach selling from the most effective methods. And I think when you look at this, there's thousands of different philosophies on sales. And one thing that's important about sales is that it's necessary. I think a lot of people think, oh, you know, sales sales is necessary to make the world go around. And it's a very noble profession while some people will look down upon it because they think they're a lot more scholarly or have wisdom that is above sales but it's actually necessary if you look through the history of humanity it's a profession that's always been around because 
the transfer of goods and services is needed to play, take place in order for us to have a, an economy and for people to make a living. And he kind of breaks that down. But the most important takeaway that this just comes up in my work all the time that I'm thinking about is that doing sales has nothing to do with the talent you have as a salesperson. And this is whether you're an entrepreneur or whatever. It has nothing to do with your, your talent personally, some super secret communication, hypnotism method or anything like that. All sales is, is creating a positive emotional experience for someone so that they feel comfortable enough to transact into whatever they're doing. And if you boil down sales to that method and you understand how to approach it from that manner, you become an amazing salesperson. And you realize that all decisions are based on emotion. Part of doing sales is really, really understanding human behavior because that's why people end up making the choice they do to buy something. And if you can understand that and understand that 100% of the time that's going to be an emotional decision, not an economic, logical, rational decision as much as a lot of us would like it to be. It's all going to come down to emotions. You make decisions based on emotions. And so if you can create a positive emotional experience for people, whatever it is, if you're selling the smallest trinkets or something, the highest priced house building commercial real estate in the world, creating a positive emotional experience is going to be the number one most important thing in doing sales. And if you can understand that and work your skill set in order to be the best creator of a positive emotional experience for people, you will become a good salesman, point blank, period. I know from experience because I'm an extreme introvert myself. And when I found myself doing a sales job, I think I thought, how am I going to do this? This is not my nature. It goes against what I do. But I broke down the science of that. And then this book really helped clarify for me what sales is. And it goes to another level than a lot of salespeople will just say, you know, you got to be ferocious, go-getter. Whereas if you can really understand the user experience and understand that that user experience is emotion driven, if you can create a positive emotion experience, emotional experience around whatever someone is buying, you will become the best, way better than a lot of other salespeople. So anyway, moving along, book number four that has really helped my life is by a guy named Peter Thiel, and you may know him. He is the co-founder, along with Elon Musk, of PayPal. And this is actually a pretty short book. It's called Zero to One, and it's his thoughts on entrepreneurship. I think it's, it's called Zero to One or How to Create the Future. So it's this idea and notion of entrepreneurship going into the digital age and what that looks like and how important it is. One thing, there's kind of two key points that in this pretty short book, there's kind of two key points that I took away. Number one is that I'm just going to tie this in because it has to do with sales. So he discusses salespeople in zero to one and how necessary that is, albeit that especially in the technology world, nobody wants to talk about sales, but it's one of the most important things in order to get, again, the transfer of goods and services to people. And what he did, he discusses one thing that I took away is that the best salespeople in the world never sell anything. And if you look at a lot of the best salespeople, whether they work for companies or entrepreneurs, they are not quote unquote salesperson. They are account executives, strategic business development, anything like that. And then you look at what they do, they don't necessarily push, 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 sell, sell, sell. They help solve problems for people. And that's one thing that I really took away, especially doing a sales job is 
again, it goes back to that user experience and that sales it has nothing to do with forcing somebody into something. It's creating the experience for someone to where you're not selling anything. You're solving a problem for somebody and just happen to be the person that has a solution to that problem and an intermediary between the information that your customer needs in order to get where they want to go, whether that's a business or a consumer or whatnot. So again, talking about sales in zero to one is really, really good. Peter Thiel does a really, really good job of that. And then also too, uh, he talks about competition is for losers. And what he means by that, he looks at China and some of these other economies where it's very copycat based and that competition. So trying to beat someone at what they're already doing is for losers. However, being a dot connector, so pulling from different ideas and different things and then synthesizing a new product, that's real competition because what you're doing is actually creating surplus economic value where something was there that didn't exist before. So rather than having widget A and then if you have widget A made by company A and then company B comes along and says, hey, I'm going to make widget A and I'm going to do it better and for a lower cost, well, that's a loser mentality. But if I can take widget A and actually improve it and make it better, that's surplus economic value that's building something and helping build the future. So that's one thing that I really took away that I think a lot of times it's easy for us to get caught up into if we're in the game of business or just life in general and there's competition, oh, there's this, there's this, that's for losers. I'm focused on being the best version of what I'm doing and synthesizing what I'm doing. I'm not going to get caught up in the noise of what everybody else is doing. So again, Peter Thiel, zero to one. Excellent, excellent book. Next book is a book called Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. And Phil Knight is the founder of Nike. So one of the most, in our modern era, most successful entrepreneurs, wildly, wildly successful entrepreneur. What I took away from this book, so Shoe Dog is a memoir by Phil Knight. And I'm not going to go into, it's basically his whole life story from being born, how he was raised into starting Nike and everything. For me, the key takeaway from this book is, is to never give up on whatever you're doing because when you see something as incredible as Nike, every single person walking around nearly across the globe is wearing something from Nike. And that's all that all happened within the last 50 years within this guy's lifetime, Phil Knight's lifetime. And to see the the pain, struggle, and everything that he went through and understand that there was hope on the other side of that because of what he went through, starting that company and all the trials and tribulations that they had. And obviously, there's a lot of companies out there that weren't successful, but this is an examination of what he went through and just countless everything that went wrong. And then you go from problems of starting a company to problems of running a company where there's a lot of higher level problems that you run into with legal and all that stuff. But anyway, that is just the biggest thing for me. And I think it's really cool to read some of these memoirs to see how really, really successful people approach the world is that you never give up on your dreams. And he worked as an accountant doing all these different jobs while he was trying to get Nike off the ground. And again, it goes back to singular focus, never giving up on trying to achieve your dreams. So not too much to say other than that, other than just it was kind of just a powerful examination of someone that's really, really successful.
The next one is a book by a guy named Cal Newport called Digital Minimalism. And I think this came out in 2018 or 2019. Cal Newport is a phenomenal author and he's actually a computer scientist. It's funny, he's wrote a book called Digital Minimalism and he's a computer scientist. But again, this is gonna go back to the singular focus idea. And he dives into the idea of drowning out the noise. So stop reading. And I know I talked about this in a previous podcast, but stop reading and looking at useless information in your day and shape your environment to the way that it is conducive to success in whatever field or whatever you're trying to achieve. And he talks about that, whether you're a writer, content creator, entrepreneur, anything like that, you have to create the environment around you that is conducive to success and not allow excess information to come in and drown out and give you information overload and paralysis analysis. So it basically just talks about using technology is a minimum, minimally viable medium to help get where you want to go rather than I think technology has evolved more rapidly than I think that absolutely our brains are able to handle. So he talked about the importance of getting away from that technology and having this optimal balance of how much information is going into our brain and then being able to let our brain step away and process that information. And there's a fine line between the information that you process and allowing your brain to actually soak it up and synthesize it into something useful. So digital minimalism, excellent, excellent book. I mean, I wasn't, something I wasn't expecting a lot when I read it, but I was shocked by how much that changed how I approached the information that I allow into my consciousness. And definitely, I mean, one of the most powerful books I've ever read. So the last final and seventh book that I would say it's probably had the most profound effect on my life is actually a health and wellness book by a guy named Dr. Bruce Lipton called The Wisdom of Your Cells. And I listened to Dr. Bruce Lipton on a lot of podcasts and everything. And I thought, man, this guy's talking about some really powerful stuff. And this goes back to a lot of the information. But he basically breaks down that you're, if everything around us is information, so our physical world is information and then things that we don't see, so atoms and all that, is also just information around us. And humans are only, we only see a very small part of the visible light spectrum. So there's a lot of information fields that are around us, whether it's in the form of energy from plants and animals around us or just different photons, light, all that. I'm not a genius scientist, but he kind of breaks all that down. But what he also talks about is how your cells in your body are actually a gateway to this information. And what can happen over time is if you're constantly allowing the information field of stress, so anxiety, frustration, fear, the lack of having things into your cells, your cells are actually information gateways that are going to be processing this information and your body is going to respond accordingly to the type of information that you're sending in your cells. So think about your daily activities, everything that you do as actual information input that is going into your cells and our cells actually not only respond to the biological, so the food, air we breathe, water we drink, but also the information that goes into them and that 
is in the form of the interactions we have with people, the relationships we have, and the data input that goes into us. So he does a really good job of connecting how a lot of chronic disease and things that have skyrocketed in our society recently have are because of the information that's going into ourselves. And I'm not a doctor and I can't break down everything he says, but he does a really, really good job of helping understand that the information that you put into your body, so the emotions that you allow in and everything and how you see the world are going to manifest into your body actually in a physiological manner. So it's not just going to, you can't eat healthy and then have toxic relationships and expect to be a healthy person. It just doesn't work like that. So just as important as the biological tangible functions are of your body, what's also just as important is the information that you're putting into it because your cells are going to react to that just as much, if not more so, than they would to the food you, again, the food you drink, the water you drink, the food you eat, the water you drink, the air you breathe. So anyway, really, really powerful book. Highly recommend. It's a little bit more scientific, but it also gets into... I don't want to say necessarily the science of spirituality, but how that affects your body in a health manner. So anyway, those are it. Those are the seven books that I really think are powerful. And hopefully this is helpful to you. If anything, hopefully you read one, two, three, or all of them. And let me know what you think. If you do, again, I, these are one of those things. Books can really change your life. And these absolutely have changed mine for the better. So if you get a chance, check them out and let me know what you think and uh, hopefully you get, get a, a good idea of what these are in terms of books. And again, hopefully this is helpful and I look forward to seeing you soon. Peace.